As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you on another week of your re-entry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. As always, we remain humble and excited that you've decided to spend part of your week with us. Thank you again, and sending shout-outs to everybody that continues to support and show love to what we're doing here at Second Chance Coaching. When I'm recording this podcast this week, this week's podcast, literally, I am literally preparing for a trip to go to New York City. So right after I record, I am right to my Uber to, t- to catch my plane to New York. My primary reason for this short trip is to attend the wedding of one of my friends from high school who's getting married on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this, I would have attended the wedding already, and I probably already on my way back <laughs> from, from New York. But I'm so happy for him, you know, as he's a great guy, and now he has an outstanding woman by, woman by his side, so I'm definitely wishing them and shouting them out a very happy and blessed wedding day and all the best for a long and happy marriage. Um, I certainly won't have the opportunity to see everyone that I want to see for the short time that I'll be in New York, but I'll be able to also see one of my aunts, one of my other best friends, and of course, you know, go to the cemetery and lay flowers for my parents and other family members who are laid to rest and are resting in peace. But for those of you who I missed on this trip, I definitely plan on going back to New York again in April for a whole week as part of uh, my 35-year high school reunion celebration. Wow. I just said, wow, 35 years? <laughs> That's a long time. But usually when you say, wow, 35 years or, or a long time, what will follow is, you know, a lamentation of how old we are. But honestly, what I'm really thinking about is how blessed we are that we could still connect with one another and share memories with one another from high school and just laugh and be connected with one another. So I'm really happy about that and looking forward to that. But this past week, I was doing some research for future podcast episodes during the downtime of my work at my part-time job at the airport. So I definitely was taking advantage of that downtime. And of course, you always have those folks at work who during, who during their downtime want to see what you're doing during your downtime. So they're a little nosy, you know, but of course in their nosiness, they saw what I was looking at. I was looking at reentry topics and, and writing stuff down. And that really sparked a lot of conversation between them and I. Now it was a little, little tense at first when I heard what they were saying now, but I won't berate anyone for their political beliefs or alienate them for their political beliefs. As I certainly know, I have folks from 
so many diverse political beliefs that listen and support this podcast. But now I will say this. We we have very, in this time dynamic, we had very different political beliefs in this conversation. And that certainly reflected in our beliefs and our take on the different reentry topics that we were discussing. Now, they became a little taken aback and tried to apologize when I shared my background because they were being a little judgy when they were talking about it before. And I told them, don't apologize for being judgy. My viewpoint is that I'm way past the point of apologizing for my past and how I advocate for myself and others. And they shouldn't apologize for how they feel. They should just say what's on their mind. But this meeting, because this meeting of the minds helps us to bring us to a place of true understanding, clarity, as far as understanding where, where we're coming from with one another. And I'm, and I'm not sure if I got them to change their mind on most of the reentry topics we discussed, but at least I'm sure their understanding is better, better informed. So whatever opinion that they have at this point, at least my hope is that they could come with a better informed opinion or at least seek out a better informed opinion. And part of the discussion really made me think about so many myths that go around about returning citizens and reentry. And I had to share, you know, this week's topic, I got to share some of them with you that kept coming up in the conversation that I was having with them this past week. And I certainly wanted to share some of these myths with you. So let's talk about some of these myths. Number one, the first myth that came up in our conversation was, once you're incarcerated, you'll commit another crime. Well, that's completely inaccurate. And even though recidivism rates are high, just because you've been incarcerated one time doesn't automatically mean you'll commit another crime. I believe with community support and love and opportunities and fair opportunities that, 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 that are becoming more and more available, just because you've been incarcerated once doesn't mean you'll commit another crime. Myth number two, being incarcerated means you committed a crime. Not always together, not all, not always the case. Many, many innocent people are arrested and convicted. Many people are exonerated. Many, many people are, are, are arrested and convicted on bad evidence. Just because you're incarcerated doesn't mean you've committed a crime. I even remember when I sat on jury duty, one guy got out of jury duty saying that just because someone got arrested, that means that they committed the crime. Now, they might have been just trying to get out of jury duty, but if they truly believe that, that's a pretty dangerous thing. Myth number three, reentry is only successful if you find a job and housing by yourself. It's not true. I mean, we have to sit there and make sure that we're giving help to our returning citizens so they could sit there and support themselves. Not that you continually support them, but they could support themselves. I love when people say, this is one of the discussions that we had, that the person said, you know, someone should just lift themselves up by the bootstraps. I said, that's not a problem. But if you but if you take away the opportunity and you take the laces out of my boots, then I, I have nothing to strap up. So so certainly, you know, getting it by myself doesn't mean I've been successful. You know, certainly if, if I have that fair opportunity and that continuous support, you know, you say the reentry is successful, not not so much because I get it by myself, but that I get it. And, you know, that that opportunity is there through the help of other people. Myth number four. A returning citizen is dangerous and will, will endanger those around them. That is so not true. There's so many people that are incarcerated for nonviolent crimes. I was I was incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, so I'm certainly not dangerous and endanger people around me. But for those who have had those stumbles, successful reentry will mean change behavior, and that change behavior 
will be will be better life outcomes. So someone being dangerous will endanger those around them. That's a myth. And then the last one of the last myths that we talked about was returning citizens are not likely to make a difference in their community. How wrong could that be? Humbly, I'll say I've been able to sit there and really make a difference in this podcast. And there's so many difference making reentry coaches that I see worldwide that I talk to countrywide that are making that difference. And I even see there's some returning there's some returning citizens who have ran and successfully been elected to political office in their communities. That difference is being made every single day by returning citizens all the time. So not likely to make a difference in their community. Big time myth. You know, after this conversation, I had to use statistics and research that I found from the Justice Reinvestment Institute just to break and bust a lot of myths, you know, that I had with my, that I had with these conversation partners, with these, with, with this conversation that I was having, as well as, as well as a a lot of folks that even listen to this podcast that are among us that have a lot of these myths. So when I looked at the Justice Reinvestment Institute, I sat there and said, I looked at myths and the fact and the the myths and the corresponding facts, almost like a Mythbusters type of thing. And one of the myths they had that they listed was, People have a myth of reducing prison populations will increase crime. But the fact is, many states have enacted reforms that have reduced prison populations, but did not lead in increases in crime. For example, in South Carolina, in the state of South Carolina, um, they have laws on the books that contributed to a 16% decrease in imprisonment and also coincided with a 16% decrease in the crime rate, which led to their State Department of Corrections closing two prison facilities. So... That myth and that fact certainly, you know, um, contradict each other. Another myth, longer sentences enhance public safety. But the fact is right-sizing prison sentences or providing alternatives to incarceration really improve public safety. Now, certainly you're going to have prison for more serious crimes, but there's a lot of less serious crimes that we have over-incarcerated, over-punished, overdone it, that alternatives to incarceration would certainly be the better alternative. And to stop over-incarcerating people, because obviously we've seen that has not made, made a more safer community. Another myth, ref- is now we're talking about politics. Reform is a blue state issue. Reform is a democratic state issue. Republicans don't believe in reform. But the fact is, reform is a cost-cutting bipartisan issue. Bipartisan reform, bipartisan reform efforts across party and political lines are designed to try to make criminal justice smarter, better, and certainly more humane. Because these, this, this dynamic of criminal justice and incarceration, it affects everybody. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, it doesn't matter. It affects everyone. So everyone's involved in wanting to sit there and make that better. Another myth. Reform ends when legislation is enacted. We just we just did we just got the Clean Slate Act successfully passed in New York State, but the reform doesn't end just there. The fact is, reform is an ongoing process that takes time and resources to implement true change. Legislation is the first step. The next steps require patience and appropriate resources to really see that turnaround take place. The Clean Slate Act is one thing in New York that's taking place, but also, two, the reform continues when people are able to now 
manifest those opportunities, manifest those jobs, manifest housing, manifest access to healthcare, manifest access to credit. So the legislation is really just the beginning part. Another myth, community supervision is less effective. But the fact is, just like alternatives to incarceration, supervision can lead to positive results for individuals and their communities. Now, there is legislation in a lot of different different states that mandate a period of post-release supervision after after incarceration. The statistics show that this has declined in the number of violations or, or technical violations that could return someone to prison or have someone return for a new crime. Now, even though the, le- the, the numbers uh, talk about post-release supervision, I could say for myself, I'm not completely sold on post-release supervision, not so much in this fact of its results, but in the dynamic, if there's a better way to get to those results. Because I, I feel that once someone has served their sentence, they've served their sentence, then, you know, why are we adding on to the sentence with post-release supervision? So, like I said, I'm not against the results of it or the intent, but certainly I look at it that, is it necessary? Is there a better way to get those results without artificially extending someone's sentence? And then and the last myth and fact that I want to share with you is, it's a myth that faltering or failing federal reform will spend the end of, will spell the end of all criminal justice reform. The fact is that many states in the United States of America will likely continue to lead the way in criminal justice reform, although calls for federal reform continue. And there's so much work to do on the federal level when it comes to reform, because I know that if if we have true legislative federal reform that makes the difference, that's a game changer. And at that point, we're not fighting, continuing to fight little battles across the 50 states of the United States. There would be sweeping federal legislation that would make the difference in people supporting themselves, supporting their families, being difference makers in their communities, and being taxpayers rather than rather than being being liabilities to the community in the sense of we're paying more to exclude people rather than to include them. Now, these states will you know a lot of the states around the country will continue to lead these efforts to influence, push, and advocate for federal change. And that's something that we have to continually, continually do and and understand that to not let myths get in the way. Well, I certainly enjoyed being with you guys this week. I, I just got the notification that my Uber is on the way and will be here soon. So I, while I won't want to rush myself off, certainly I definitely have to catch that flight. But I'll certainly be on my way back next week. And um by the time, not next week, by the time you hear this, I'll be on my way back and certainly we'll have another edition next week as we start to, as we start to get, you know, conclude the last weekend before Christmas. And as we get into Christmas weekend, I'd certainly be traveling again. So as always, I want to thank you for sharing your time with me. You know, thank you. Continue to support Second Chance Coaching and spread the word to your friends, family, and loved ones. Thank you again for joining us. Be safe with whatever it is that you're doing this week on this day. And I look forward to spending more time with you next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, 
Every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.